Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Botcha Boys podcast. We have a very exciting weekend episode of the podcast coming to you. We have a heavy slate of college basketball on today. We're going to get into that and much more with the brackets, the bubble watch. We're even going to talk about the Pac-12 a little bit because of some big action this week and right now. So stay tuned. Also, we may or may not have hired a new graphic design producer. All thanks to your support. Just kidding. It's our buddy Jason, but he's doing a great job. We got a rebrand coming. Thank you for the support. All because of you guys. It's coming to the Bodge podcast. It starts right now. It starts. Summer, all I did was rest. New Year's, all I did was stretch. Valentine's Day, I had sex. We'll see what's about to happen next. This ain't no regular shit. We never begging for shit. Niggas is ready to quit. Shit that they hate to admit. In Texas, I keep a rifle inside of the whip. Call it driving a stick. In Vegas, I get two million a night from the wind just to run through the hits. All that on top of the chips. Hey, Davis, we are here live on the podcast on a weekend. Working extra time for the people. Yeah, where's where's my OT pay, Ethan? You know, I just thought about this. I think you'll find that appreciate this. I've we need to change that intro. And I'm glad we hired a new <laughs> graphic design specialist. Um, because every time I play it, I feel bad for your grandma who's listening that yeah, <laughs> she has to go through she has to go, she has to go through that. So well, we got a new intro coming too, but we'll get yeah, there. Happy Saturday, music. Ethan. Happy Saturday yeah. and Sunday when this comes out. Of course. Well, this will be coming out Sunday, but we are recording Saturday night um, right now. Just want to give everybody a little timestamp. We got the Villanova-UConn game at second half. Uh, Arizona State and Washington State are at the second half-ish. So if you're looking at a game on Sunday, you're like, I wonder what they're talking about. That's where we're at right now. So just a heads up. But, Davis, I say we dive head first into the action from today. Um, there were some big games on today, but first, let's get right into it. Houston played Baylor. Uh, huge game for the stake of the Big 12 and some seeding. Um, Houston, obviously the number two team in the nation, uh, going into Baylor and winning in overtime. That was an amazing game down to the wire. Houston may or may not have hit a buzzer-beating three at the end. They got called off. It's, it was down to the, the review. It was great. But, um, Davis, I know you may or may not have had Baylor plus two and a half. So, like, how are we feeling? Yeah, I mean, look, if that was, you know, 0.1 seconds, that, that's a lot of time. You can do a lot in 0.1 seconds. You sure can. He just he didn't get that shot off in time. So either way, that my bet wouldn't have hit there uh, with the two and a half getting Baylor plus the points at two and a half because they would have yeah. lost by three. Um, but you know, obviously, still a little unfortunate that they went to overtime, and you know that didn't help my case that they ended up losing by six. But it was a fantastic game. It was great on the defensive side, even though it looks like 82-76. It looks like there was it was just hard nosed offensive basketball. We'll get to yeah. a basketball game in a little bit where it was just all offense. But, um, mm. you know, this is just pinnacle Big 12, hard-nosed defense basketball. There were so many There were so many different lead changes in this game. Uh, Houston was up by a bunch at one point, and then Baylor made a mm. great comeback. I mean, you can't tell me this isn't exactly how you thought this game would play out. Maybe not the overtime session, but just yeah. a close game. You got the number two team in the country going into a tough arena on the road, and again, as I've said, Ethan, home teams, home teams, home teams. Yep, um, yep, yep. You know, Baylor showed that, that they can play at home this year, and they've had a bunch of wins at home that have solidified their case of being a top three, maybe even a two seed. If they would have won this game, they'll probably solidify themselves as a three or four seed, though. 
Yeah, I think this game was uh, a game from Baylor that was like, hey, we won a national title a couple of years ago. Do not forget us. Uh, Scott Drew is an amazing coach for Baylor. He will always have this team uh, playing well, playing hard. And, I mean, they almost took down the top team in the Big 12 and the number two team in the country today. Uh, and like you said, home teams, home teams, home teams this whole year. Home teams have been destroying the opponent. It doesn't matter whether they're ranked or not. Uh, today, the Baylor Bears were not one of those teams, unfortunately. But um, this was a game that Baylor's like, I, I think they're going to stick around. And they're going to be tough in this tournament. They're going to be a top four seed probably, I would assume, around there. Maybe a five. But um, I, I think this Big 12 is so, so tough. And any team, especially towards the top, is going to be a, a really tough out come March. Whether you are Houston, Kansas, you know, Texas Tech, it doesn't matter. Completely agree. And look, Baylor's one of these teams, I think, can be a little sneaky when they get into the madness. Um, yeah. If they're going to knock down their shots, they're going to play very well. And they really can, obviously, you know, you can say this, but a lot of teams, they can beat any given team in the country. I truly do believe that with Baylor. I just mm -hmm. kind of want to see their consistency, maybe not as much on the road per se, but just away from home because they're going to be on neutral courts. Um, yeah. You know, I want to see those shots go down. There are some teams, like let's look at Alabama last year, Everyone loved them. They were able to shoot the three really well. Brandon Miller was a stud. Um, he was able to, you know, shoot a little bit as well on and off the court. But Baylor's a team I would watch out for. I think they would be a sleeper-ish pick of mine to win the whole thing. But when it comes to value and everything like that, but look, they're still a, probably a top 15 team in the country. I would say maybe creeping towards top 10, even though they lost yeah. today as an 11 seed can't, you can't deny the greatness of the big 12 this year. For sure. I mean, they were seconds away from winning. And like you said, if they won, we would be singing their praises to the high heavens, but let's talk about a team that did win today in an upset fashion. The wake force demon Deacons, baby. They down the blue-blooded Duke Blue Devils today, um, a game that we actually were thinking about recording earlier in the day, but Davis said, hey, watch, watch, watch for Wake Forest here. They might win, and they're right on the bubble. This is a huge game, and I watched this game, and it was great. It was great. Wake Forest held their own the entire way. I mean, this was a slugfest from the beginning, Davis. What did you take this out of, you know, in terms of, like, Duke's long-term success this year and maybe Wake Forest's long-term success that no one saw? Yeah, Elf in the room, long-term success. Let's make sure um, Kyle Filipowski is healthy. Uh, you know, there was the whole issue with the I'm court sorry, that was the biggest deep. Yeah, go if off you haven't, If you haven't seen it, uh, you should definitely look it up. But uh, yep. as the Deacon fan, Demon Deacon fans were storming the court, which is, I don't know, I know you've done it at Beaver Stadium, which is pretty sick. That's pretty cool. I was lucky enough to do it at the Bryce Jordan Center. It's electric, right? And That's for the awesome. first time, I think in my life, I've seen two incidents now. The, the first two incidents I've ever seen where a player's gotten hurt. Caitlin Clark yeah. and now uh, Kyle. Yeah, she may have she may have flopped. Agreed. But <laughs> still, there's still a level of like no, yeah, 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 you're right. You're I had right. never thought about the safety of the other team or really the safety of these players when uh, people are doing this. As a student, it's like 
I'll never forget. I got my leg caught in a guardrail trying to like scooch my way out onto the floor. I have a video of it completely fell face first onto the ground. Then my phone falls. The cop had to come over and be like, you all right, kid? Like, you good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. You're not going to make the next unfortunately. I'll be able to make the next game. But yeah, so I mean, that's obviously the easy long-term situation with Duke. But I still think Duke's a really good team. As I've said, Ethan, I'm going to praise it to the high heavens every time. Home teams, home teams, home teams. If you look at this game as a casual, better, even just a fan, you're like, ooh, Wake Forest, unranked. They were favored against a ranked top 10 Duke team. How is that possible? Home teams, home teams, home teams. They were ranked, and they got the cover. The spread was actually two and a half um, on the Wake Forest side. So uh, Wake Forest, we'll talk about it, but they're they're right on the bubble. So this should solidify their spot as uh, hopefully probably being, I would guess, a 10 seed or maybe a um, one of the 11 seeds that doesn't have to play in the first four. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think anything of Wake Forest, honestly, before this game. Didn't know they were on the edge of the, of success like this. Um, they're always that team right on the edge of the ACC. Or they're in a really tough conference. It's hard to get out. But, I mean, they put their name out there, and the committee will have to consider them, obviously, pending the ACC tournament. But um, what did you think about Duke coming out of this game? Are are we still thinking maybe they can win the national title? Because I know they've had a, a couple of good games the last few weeks and people have been quietly talking them up. But this is a game that I know we're talking about home teams and all that stuff. But this is a game that like if you're a Del- uh, Blue Devils fan, you got to be like, oh, not great. I agree. I agree. I mean, Phil Pasky's great. Um, I think Jeremy Roach actually might be one of my favorite players in the ACC to watch this there. year. What do you say? He's still there. He's still there. Yeah, he's. I know. I feel like he. I know. I feel like he's got. I got there like three years ago. It's like, why aren't you going to the league? But I mean, look, he's fantastic. Um, I still, I still consider them a contender. Um, no matter how weak the ACC looks this year. Um, you know, it's really just dominated by Duke and North Carolina, who've both been actually a little bit shaky in the past few weeks. Uh, both losing to Syracuse this year, both having some tough losses, but. I would still put Duke in the contending range 100%. And, um, yeah. you know, I would still put them as a probably 50 fit. No, I can't say 50 50 until the bracket comes out. But, uh, you know, they're hoping for an Elite Eight appearance for sure. I, I would totally agree. Just based off of the prestige of their conference and the prestige of their program, the, the Blue Devils fans don't want to see their team lose in the first two rounds. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, all right. The last game that we kind of talked about Alabama earlier, but we're talking about this Alabama Kentucky game. The last, um, and actually, I think it might have been one of the only ranked on ranked uh, matchups of the day. This is somewhat of a surprising game, dude. I mean, Kentucky blew them out, blew them out. Uh, Kentucky, if you missed it, had a very embarrassing loss to LSU earlier this week. Uh, a lot of people were talking about it in a bad way, saying Kentucky's wash, Cal Perry maybe on the hot seat like he has been for like uh, forever now. But what, like, this is such a weird game because. I thought Kentucky was better going into the season, but I thought Alabama was going better going into this game. Like, how do you feel about these two teams, Davis? Yeah, the, you know, I think we talked about it on the last podcast. Both these teams, I mean, this was an NBA score right here, and you know it's sure. bad when the over under this game hits like one eighty. That is insane. Usually, college wow. basketball over unders on the high side can hit 160 ish. It's 165. Maybe. I mean, this game being 180 is insane. These are the two fastest offenses, um, you know, probably uh, in the power five or is it really power six in college basketball with big East? I would say in the power. Yeah, six. Probably. Yeah. Um, now what I would say uh, to your follow-up question that you're going to ask me about both these teams being contenders. Um, there's a great stat. And if, you know, I did my research, I did it on overtime hours today, Ethan, 
the past like seven, eight uh, March uh, winners in the national championship have all been in the top 15 at offense, 20 in defense. Um, the, Kentucky and Alabama, I would assume, but I'll hammer down on Kentucky. Kentucky's number eight in the country when it comes to offensive efficiency. On the defensive wow. side, 75th. Uh, that you're, you're hitting Penn state range on that side. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that, that's not a good look for them. And you yeah. know, that's not something that's going to be sustainable. They'll, they'll stay, no. they can be hot. Mm-hmm. They can be any team in the country, but trust me, they can lose to any team in the country. And I, this is a, this is a Kentucky team. I think you could put on first round upset watch, um, when they will be a three or four seed. So Kentucky's been there though, for the last, I'd say 10 years, maybe since that, uh, championship game against Wisconsin and Frank Kaminsky. Like they really have been first to six, six, uh, three, 16 round exits. So is there a real chance they can get past that? Or is it, are they bound to lose in the sweet 16 or earlier? No, look, they can, they can, any team can make this run. You know, you know, when I say any team, there's probably a solid 30 out of the 68 teams that really can make that run to an elite eight appearance. Um, Kentucky's obviously going to be in that threshold, but I mean, again, you never know. You look at, uh, especially a team like Kentucky, who's known for the one and done. I don't know exactly the stats on it, but all these guys are freshmen, like freshmen, sophomores, like Mm -hmm. you can say in the past, they've been there. John Calipari has been there. This is their their mindset is not oh let's develop these guys let's get them experienced oh, no. in the elite eight to mm-hmm. get them into the final four no these kids uh, have just been able to get their voting privileges last year they can actually now they're still only a few years away from renting a car they're barely um, adults really and they're shooting forty percent from three which is fantastic <laughs> but uh, again not something I can find super sustainable um, yeah. for a six game five six game stretch in March. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think with a team like Kentucky, it doesn't matter what they do re- remotely in the SEC tournament. Even if they win it, even if they lose in the first round of that tournament, um, this is a team that it matters. Book open and shut what happens in the March tournament. And that's it. That's it. Like their fans and the athletic board and, you know, the boosters of Kentucky. I mean, they're talking about this stuff a lot. And the thing we don't think about is, Kentucky basketball is a religion. It is not anything like, you know, Penn State basketball. Like, hey, sure, we'll we'll care about Penn State this year. We'll care. Sure. No. These people have been thinking about Cal Perry since August 25th of last year. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And look, I mean, again – Hammer it down. Home teams, home teams, home teams. Yes. I love Kentucky today. They were at, they were like about a two, three point favorite in this game. Um, and Rupp Arena was just, I mean, it's electric. It, that is one, yeah. of my, one of, that's a stadium on the bucket list for myself. Um, okay. And, uh, I, you know, them having a three game home game, home uh, run stretch, stretch yeah. where they lost three games in a row, I think maybe for the first time under Calipari. That is wow. unheard of. I mean, wow. that is a great, you know, they lost, they lost good teams. They lost Tennessee, they lost to Gonzaga. So, you know, again, it's the streakiness of the shooting and the offense without mm-hmm. the cushion of saying, hey, we're, we can actually hold a team to under 70 points. You can't even say you can hold a team to under 80 points for Kentucky. So it's <laughs> yeah, going to be really yeah. tough. Yeah. I mean, even in a big win like that, where they score 117 points, and like you say, it's an NBA score, they still let up almost 100, which is, Equally as bad as scoring 117 points is impressive. Um, all right, Davis, let's move on. This is uh, an ever-changing conversation of college basketball. There's a lot 
to talk about. Um, so let's head to the Pac-12, a conference that we haven't really talked about, but I think we really need to talk about because there's a game right now that's happening with a, a top team in this conference right now. The Washington State Cougars are taking on the Arizona State Samba Devils, and the Devils are up two with about six minutes left. This is a huge game for Washington State because of the win they just captured this week. They went into Arizona and beat the Wildcats in Arizona after they had beaten them at their home court in Washington State earlier this season. Incredibly impressive win for the Cougars. I mean, they are, I mean, underrated to say the least, unheard of. I mean, all the superlatives you want to think of. I was not expecting this out of Washington State. If they lose tonight, is that is that bad? Uh, I don't think so. Um, okay. You can say it for me. What's 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 our motto here when it comes to college basketball, Ethan? Home teams, home, home teams, teams, home teams. Home teams. <laughs> it's tough. So. It's tough. Look, there. It's a great. Um, it's great analysis from. All of, uh, trust me, Ethan. I'm putting five bucks on a game, and I'm happy with it. Trust me. Happy win or lose. Uh, these professional gamblers that I listen to people who study this stuff and just analysts, people who study the game and study sports. Um, you look at a game like today and you're like, it might sound easy to say, Hey, you know, ranked team on the road against a terrible Arizona state team, um, who is a losing record in the conference, but Washington state just came off a tremendous win. They're, they're on a high basically right now. Um, it's going to be tough to just go on the road and say, Hey, let's, Try to do the same thing against a middle-of-the-road team, basically. Um, yeah, and then yeah. Arizona State at the same time wants to say, hey, this is – you know, we're not making the tournament. We're going to be a middle-of-the-road team. Let's, let's beat a ranked team. Like, this is our chance to beat mm-hmm. a ranked team on our home court this year. Um, so, I actually really like Arizona State. They're, I think they're, they're only up by five as I look right now with five minutes yep. left. Uh, they were plus five and a half today. So, um, I think that – you know, again, it comes to home teams, really, honestly. And, yep. you know, we can d- dive a little deeper on that if you'd like. But uh, I think the atmosphere um, for these college students and college stadiums is a lot to handle for 18 and 19-year-olds. Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a college basketball season that, I mean, it's really open for the taking. Almost anybody can get hot right now and possibly win a national championship. I know we're talking about, you know, the Houstons, the Yukons, uh, you know, Purdue, et cetera. But, I mean, San Diego State made it to the national championship last year. Uh, like, FAU. Florida Atlantic was in the Florida was in the Final Four. Uh, Creighton almost made that same Final Four facing San Diego State. Like, really weird elite uh, eight matchups last year as well. We're gonna see okay. a lot of surprise, and you know, maybe Arizona State's not gonna make the tournament this year, but um, a team like Washington State can't lose confidence because I think a win over Arizona, Arizona, uh, period alone two is impressive enough that will carry you beyond, you know, just tonight against Arizona State and the Pac-12 tournament. Agreed. And Arizona has been a weird team this year. Uh, started the year, I don't know what they were ranked, but definitely top four. Uh, struggled, top the whole year. Yeah. struggled on the road a little bit um, to start the year off conference play. And then they've rattled off now. Before, um, what was that, Thursday night? Before Thursday night, they rattled off like eight home home wins in a row uh, and then lose to Washington State, obviously. Um, I was telling you about the research I've been doing with Ken Palm, right, when it comes yeah. to offensive and defensive efficiencies. Another trend I've found, and I, I'm not going to hold, uh, you know, Ken Palm or rating specifically to the only teams I think that are going to be able to win. Look, great teams make good runs, but 
amazing, like the best teams win national championships. We see that with the rankings yep. and the past national champions. Arizona got Ken Palm up right here. Uh, Arizona sitting at sixth offensive efficiency, 11th on the defensive side. Another trend wow. I've seen in the past seven, eight years um, with the top 15 offense and top 20 defense, every single team has had a better offense of efficiency than defensive efficiency, like ranking wise, which is kind of weird. It's interesting. And Arizona is the only team in that mold that has a top 15 offense, top 20 defense with an offense better rank, better rank than the defense. So wow. I'm just saying Arizona is okay. the only team that fits that mold. And I think some people are going to be sleeping on them because people like us are sleeping while they're playing their games at 11 o'clock at night. But <laughs> I think, uh, yes. I think you can't let up and uh, you know, I mean, a guy I didn't even forgot was playing there. Caleb Love is a guy who's. Yeah. I just we were talking about this league this week. This this team's so deep. This Arizona team. Yeah, so they deep. really are. They really are. And um, this is a team that you know they got a new coach last year, and I think his name's Tommy Lloyd after Sean Miller left uh, for whatever reason it was. But they've always been just. I feel like they're just so fraudulent. They just smell fraudulent. They're they're very good. They're always at the top of the rankings. But uh, let's not forget, they lost to a 15-seed Princeton in the March Madness tournament last year. And we would be talking about that a lot more if Fairleigh Dickinson hadn't beaten Purdue. So just something to think about when we're talking about this stuff. Just because, like, regular season play doesn't always translate to postseason play. But there really isn't, like, there. the thing about college basketball is there are no correlations. There are no trends to really follow. Like, you're right. There, there are trends and things that favor it. but like. Teams just get hot, and offense does matter than defense sometimes, which is crazy because it feels like we talk about defense wins championships in every sport, but maybe that's not the case. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, to touch on, again, I'm repeating myself for what feels like weeks now on a recording, it's all about home teams. <laughs> and March Madness, You're trust me, you're not playing on a home court, your home court in March Madness. So that's yeah. where that can get a little shaky too. You look at some of these Big 12 teams that haven't lost at home, and then they end up going to Sacramento to go play their first round matchup against uh, Princeton, a team that mm. might shoot 35, 40% from, from three as a team. That's pretty tough. That's pretty tough to yeah. handle. Um, so, you know, these teams got to get their scouting together. These teams have to be able to figure out playing outside of their home courts. And some teams can do it. Trust me, some teams cannot. So they're going to have to stay hot. Uh, some teams, I'm a little worried, have peaked too early, including North Carolina. Uh, yeah. I think they're a team that's going to be peaking a little bit too early and we'll see, but we have to find the team that's peaking at the right moment. So I think this is going to be the start of us watching who's peaking right now and through the conference tournaments. Yeah. I mean, we're five days away from literally the first day of March. And I think that is, you know, we're talking about this is March and it, the, the spirit of the holiday season, you know, whatever you want to call it is coming. But that first day of March is when these teams have to turn on the afterburners, obviously, because the, tournaments are coming but there are, is no more time to mess around let me ask you a question though we're talking about these home teams winning a lot and regardless of where and who and all this stuff when we get to tournament play whether it's conference or national uh like you said a lot of these games actually all of these games are gonna be um neutral sites whatever you want to call it will that make a difference are we gonna see the favorites win more because there's not going to be the, I mean, we'll hear the bands, but the, the students section is not going to be there. It's not going to be as loud for one team or the other, unless, you know, a region favors a team. But what do you think? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And, you know, there's obviously the dream of a Fairleigh Dickinson beating a Purdue. Trust me, that's going to happen. But um, what I would say is, you know, in college basketball, it's very strange because you look at some of these fishy lines when it comes to a road ranked team that's not favored. That's a dog yeah. against a home unranked team. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a rate that that's a situation that hits like 65% of the time on the home side, on the unranked side. That's something that they, you know, it's basically Joe's against Schmoes. That's what everyone calls it. If you're a Joe, Mm -hmm. you're like, Hey, this line looks fishy. I'm going to take the fishy side. I want, I want the unranked team because it looks fishy. Now the the fishy line people should be looking for in a couple of weeks. I think it's going to be like a, like a five, 12 matchup with a 12 team that's favored. Cause there's a reason they're favored. No, and okay. it, look, Schmoes are going to go out and look, be like a five seed is a dog, like a hammer, like more. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But yeah. there's a reason, there's a reason why, um, you know, and what are those reasons that like somebody might just be following a line during the week and they're like, what the hell? Why is this moving? I haven't heard anything. Uh, it, because it's all these people who, their professional job is gambling. So maybe 80% of the public money is, so there's basically public money and public bets. So, uh, or I shouldn't really be saying public, it's bets versus dollars. So let's say 80% of the bets are on uh, the five C. That means the public loves the five C. Me and you, people like me and you who are betting five, 10, 25, a hundred bucks. We're like, oh, five seed, like better seed, better rank. They're in the big 12 playing a Mountain West team. Of course, I want that team. So we put our bets in. Now, maybe 80% of the bet slips are on that team, but 80% of the money might be on the 12 seed because all these people, gotcha. look, if you put together 100 me's and you, me, Davis and Ethan's, we're mm-hmm. still not matching up versus some of these Joes who are putting down 10,000, 100,000, even a million dollars on some of these games. So the line's moving in that that way based on the money yeah. not based off yeah. of the bet slips gotcha okay i mean that is huge because i feel like i get killed by the 512 matchup every year i mean there's certain other ones like the 8-9 that everyone complains about but like we forget how like some of these conferences are good like the mountain west is good as hell and if a team right. is ranked 12 going against the lame five seed I, I mean, this helps a lot, Davis. These are the kinds of things that the people come to us for. They come for this kind of information. They need it because I didn't even know that. I mean, and trust me, I'll do. I'll bring a. I'll bring my Lenardi breakdown, one minute breakdown of every March Madness game uh, in the first round and my prediction before we get it out there. I'll make sure to get oh, it yeah. out there. Don't worry because I think there is going to be some fishy spots that for I will sure. like because uh, I typically just try to follow the smart money instead of following my heart that says the five seed looks good i want to follow the money and go with the 12 seed before we get off college basketball i just want to give some quick updates and you can give me some quick thoughts um yukon is currently up 17 points with three minutes left in the second half going against villanova not shocking tennessee is up 70 to 45 with five minutes left in the second half impressive win for them ever am and revenge uh, game too everyone loves ever all the all the professional people love the revenge side. Texas A&M just beat Tennessee at home. Literally, Not same today. matchup. Road road unranked team against uh, or road ranked team against an unranked ro- uh, home team. Texas yeah. A&M just beat Tennessee literally like two three weeks ago. So this is a revenge spot for Tennessee, hundred percent. Oh yeah, they're gonna kill them. And then a game we talked about earlier has gotten out of hand. Arizona is winning six. Arizona State is winning sixty nine to fifty seven with a minute and a half. In the second half, we kind of talked about whether this would be bad for Washington State. 
has your tune changed now that they're down 12 with a little not bit at of all. Not okay. at all. It means next. It means watching the Cougars next game is going to be a get right spot. I don't even know who they're playing against. I love them already. I'm put. I'm putting the mortgage down on them. 100. They got US. They got USC on the 29th. What do you think Who's about at home? that? Who's at home? Washington State's at home. I love them. I love them. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> there you go, folks. On the 29th, I don't know if we'll have a podcast out, but hammer Washington State. I love it. I love, I love it. it absolutely. All right, and then uh, beyond that, there weren't really any other finishes. UNC took care of Virginia today. Uh, oh, I'll give you one quick one. BYU lost by 10 today. Your team loved what, Kansas what, what State. Got it? Loved Kansas State. Loved. They were at home today. Are you still on the BYU bandwagon? Are they shooting more threes and two-pointers? or? Uh, you know, I don't. I haven't updated the stat recently in the all last right, week or right. so. But, uh, you know, I'm still all over it. They're exactly like Kentucky, but Kentucky's going to be a five seed and BYU is going to be a 10 seed. So, I, you know, I'd rather take the value on the BYU side. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. I understand. And of course, B, the BYU, uh, are they Cougars actually? I forget. They, they are, they are they're also, always fun. And uh, they are also, they're they got a, uh, a stretch five who I forget his name. I think his name's Khalifa. He is fun to watch. Yeah. He is really fun to watch. All right. No, he um, is fun to before, watch. And he can shoot. Uh, he really by the can. Way, I, by the way, I remember I was saying Kentucky was eighth offensively and 75th defensively. Mm -hmm. BYU ninth offensively, 67th defensively. So they're actually a little bit better on the defensive side than the Wildcats. Interesting. Interesting. And then one more, uh, South Carolina, Ole Miss. Is South Carolina for real? I still don't think so. I don't think Ole Miss is for real. Home teams, though. Ole Miss losing at home. Agreed. Agreed. They're down 13 points. I think uh, Chris Beard has gone off the the rails um, since his – championship days at texas tech making the championship uh he moved over to Ole miss uh, and they started the year hot they have not looked so hot recently look south carolina had a great run people thought maybe they peaked a little early uh since they've been playing a little terribly <laughs> in the last few games but th this is actually a great win against the team that's on the bubble in old miss so good for south yeah. carolina and i'm excited to see him yeah for sure um before we get off college basketball quick bubble watch let's go right to the bubble with all of the things that we've talked about so far, um, Wake Forest got a big win today. They were out. Ole Miss lost when they were out, so now they're double out. Uh, I think Utah had off this weekend. Butler's playing Seton Hall right now in a game that doesn't really matter that much. Um, whoa, 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 it absolutely does. <laughs> For who gets in. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter that much because, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, Seton Hall is up seven. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that much. I'm really upset. It really doesn't matter that much. Their first round, their first round exit, no matter what. I'm really upset Villanova's losing. I'm just saying that because of that. So next year, next year for the Cats, Kyle Neptune's going to be out. You guys have been saying that for the last six years. Yeah. So you see Villanova on the next four out. I feel like they're double out now. A win against UConn would have really revved up the engines again, but got to make a run at MSG. Got to make a run. see it. And then uh, last four buys, anything changing there for you? Uh, Virginia just lost at home to North Carolina today. North Carolina is actually oh their last eight at playing at Virginia. Uh, so they oh, broke wow. that streak today. Um, I think Virginia is still definitely going to be in the last four in. Um, Texas A&M is going to be out of that last four in as well. They're probably going to swap with Wake Forest. But, um, no, I don't, I don't think anything much is going to change. Um, I think it's so funny seeing the two – 
Big Ten teams uh, in the last four buys because I think everybody still believes that the Big Ten is very shaky and they're not so really bad. sure what's going to happen with some of these middle-of-the-pack teams. So uh, I think they're just kind of leaving them there to say, hey, let's wait for that one one big loss that no yep. one was expecting and then we can just drop you right out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right, then the last glaring team on this list is Gonzaga. What the hell has happened to them? Yeah, they they have been a little strange, right? Um, they've been a little interesting, only really right. because the whack is a little strange. Um, you know, St. Mary's has been very good. Uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's has been basically flip-flopping. Who's going to be that one-two every year? They're, they've been trying to flip-flop. St. Mary's can never get ahead of the game there. Um, you know, yeah. Gonzaga's had some great recruits in the past few years. They got Jalen Suggs. They had Chet yep. Holmgren. Um, yep. Drew Timmy was there for a long time. I mean, now that they oh, don't yeah, have some of those – so now they don't have some of those centerpieces. Uh, they're definitely falling off the wheels a little bit. Um, I, you know, they're. I, I think they're going to make the tournament, maybe. And I really think they're only going to make it because of that Kentucky win. Um, I think yep. that's going to be at the very top of when you see Lenardi doing his bracketology, his bubble watch, whatever. They're going to say, hey, strength of record, strength of whatever. They beat Kentucky at Kentucky. That's a great win. That's a great win. That's yep. going to get them in as a 10 seed, as a 9 seed, and – you know, who knows? Maybe they can make some noise if they get a good matchup, but we won't know until uh, Selection Sunday. Yeah, I mean, a Mark Few team going into the tournament undermanned and undergunned, not feeling very hopeful about that. Uh, Mark Few needs all of the weapons he needs to even get to smell a national championship. Anyway, Davis, uh, a lot of college basketball. A lot. And wow. we got more coming down the pipeline because it's only the 24th of February. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of meaningful basketball coming in the next couple of days. Um, just to point out a couple important matchups. Creighton St. John's play tomorrow. Uh, Xavier Marquette play tomorrow. Um, two very important Big East matchups that I think are important. And then Monday night, uh, Baylor and TCU. Is that a matchup that matters now that Baylor has lost? Uh, it matters for TCU, I think, for sure. Um, I think it's going to be sure. a huge game for TCU. I think Baylor, it's going to be another get right spot for them. You know, I bet you they're probably struggling to sleep tonight because that loss, they, you know, it obviously just came right down to the wire for them. Um, yeah. So I think that, again, I think we're about to see. If I had to give you my hot take, Ethan, I was talking about peaking, right. team speaking. I think Baylor's about to, about to start their ascend up Everest. I think All they're right. going to do it, and I All think right. they might shock the world. We'll see. We'll see. But I think they can definitely make a chances in the Big 12 tournament. As I was just going to say, I think they can make a little run. I want to see their matchups, though. But I think they're on the incline right now. They would be my team on the incline after this tough loss to Houston. Um, That's going to be my take. I think Baylor. All right. Baylor's going to be that team. I love it. I love it, too. I like Baylor. I can't say they're going to be like a Big 12 winner right now. Look, that conference is crazy. But I want to see a matchup against. uh, well, if they get matched up against BYU in the second round, I, you know who that would be beat. fun. You know, no, agreed. So agreed. Fun. And BYU just beat Baylor this week. I mean, this conference is crazy. This Big Twelve. More of the story is next weekend or whatever the weekend is. Make sure you're watching the Big Twelve tournament. Just do yourself that favor. You will have a blast. I promise. It's you. still two weeks away, so you still have time to prepare and get your mind right for it. <laughs> yeah, my mind's not even right yet. So get your minds right, please. All right, Davis, I think we've covered most of the bases that we can. Speaking of bases, let's talk a little bit of baseball real quick. First, I love it. I love we're going to – The AL East. Yeah. The AL East. The AL East. 
we're going to do some division breakdowns just to get your feet wet because uh, like we talked about in the past, baseball will just sneak up on you out of nowhere. So we are here to make sure you're prepared. So looking at the AL East, um, the New York Yankees, uh, they were pretty quiet this offseason, right? Yeah, they didn't do much. They did get that really? one guy, though. Um, it's pretty uh, good. He has some shuffle he does, I think. Cupid shuffle? Ah, uh, that's that uh, Duan so- Sado guy. Yeah, right? I've never heard of him. We don't have to yeah, talk about that, do we? Are we obligated oh, no, we to talk about that? Well, he's uh, not that's a great East anymore. Unreal signing for them. I, or a trade. Real, wasn't it? Was it a trade? trade. Yeah, it was a trade. Unreal trade for them, honestly. I mean, to be able to yeah. bring a guy like that in and probably be your two-hole hitter, um, a guy who's going to be right in the lineup right before Judge, uh, right before Stanton, and probably now also right before Verdugo, a guy who they got from Boston. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, he's a Yankee. He's That's a Yankee. wild. He's going to shave his beard? Did yeah, he already? Yeah. Yeah. Have you not seen Whoa. the pictures of him? No, that's oh, wild. they're great. They're great. Yeah, we're gonna post that um, or something. But I think <laughs> like this is this this might be the year the Yankees. This might be the year the Yankees try to go for 28. <laughs> no. No. I, they they need to stay healthy. To save us. They need to stay healthy, and they're pitching. Oh yeah. wait, also they may have gotten a guy named Marcus Stroman, who was maybe the one of the oh. better pitchers in the NL Central last year. He's, I was gonna say he's washed, but I forgot about that. Um, Carlos probably yeah. washed though. No, watch yeah. it. Yeah, Carlos was hurt last year. He was, but he came back and was had an eight ERA, so that was pretty good. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he is washed. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Yankees are scary. Uh, don't really want to see them. They got to stay healthy. Like you said, they got to stay hot with the pitching. Uh, I saw a couple clips of Nestor Cortez striking out Soto like twice on like the same day in spring training. So I, I don't know what that means for either side of that interaction. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully good things are on the horizon for the Yankees. Moving on to the Red Sox. Well, what did they do? They do anything? Um, they are going to be the fifth seed, or they're going to be in last <laughs> yeah. Yale East this year. That they is going to be. Uh, my did they extend Devers? Uh, they did extend Devers. All right, um, there you go. Good offseason, Boston. I don't think they did too much. I think everyone was waiting for them to spend some money, and they really didn't. Um, I mean, we'll, we can go into it real quick. I think they're going to be the team we talk about the least, and them in Tampa on this preview because, you know, I think Boston is. Spent probably just as much money as Tampa did this offseason, which is really saying something because Tampa Bay does not spend money very much. Uh, I don't think Boston really landed on any of the, anybody out there. There's still a few guys they could possibly go for. Trust me. Um, they yeah. did get – I forget if it was an offseason. There's a lot of good free agents out there. They have – J.D. Martinez is still out there. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt Chapman. You got yep. Cy, Cy Young winner Blake Snell. Still out he's there. He's still a free agent? Wow. He's still a free agent. I think he's going to go to the Giants, though. So we'll talk about that in our NL West preview. <laughs> if, he's yeah. not signed, yeah. if he's not signed by now. Um, but you know, I think this Red Sox team is going to be very, very disappointing. Uh, their pitching was terrible last year. I think it's going to stay yeah. terrible. Um, and their offense is going to be extremely mediocre. <laughs> Even with the – they uh, they have now have the new and young uh, Justin Turner, who's 37, 38 years old. Congratulations. So uh, so yeah, they're washed. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Tampa Bay real quick because you said that would be quick too. Lost Tyler Glass now. Didn't spend any money in the offseason. 
they're fourth next. Are they definitely not making the playoffs though? Because like I feel like we've been on the edge with Tampa Bay for a while, and they just keep making the playoffs or something. Yeah, I'm I'm out on them uh, with the loss. Even though they bring the Rosarina. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I think I don't we don't I don't want to go into it, but I think the loss of Wander Franco um, from last year is also going to be very big on them for a whole 162 game stretch. Yep, uh, not really much more to say there. Uh, Tampa Bay sucks. Hopefully they suck forever. Uh, I also think they have some of the coolest uniforms in sports, low-key, just saying. Um, final team in this division. Wrong, team. two more. Sorry. Two more. Wait, no, sorry, two more. You're right. Uh, I'm going to go the Orioles first then. I'm just going to spoil my pick. I think the Orioles are going to come out of the AL this year, for real. They are so good. And here's the difference in – before with the Orioles, they got a new owner. They finally have money and the right infrastructure behind them. It didn't feel like they were literally being weighed down by an anchor. So I'm, I'm on the Orioles. I completely agree. Um, the, the Orioles will make the playoffs. Um, Adelie Rushman is my might, might. I'm, I was going to say it. So he might turn into the best player and best catcher in baseball. I know we've been saying about JT Real Muto for Whoa. years. I was going to say MVP. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about that. I think that I think that he definitely will can be in the conversation um, if he gets enough game. If he plays 140 games, 145 games, uh, I think he definitely will be in that conversation. Um, he's a guy who can hit 30 home runs, get 100 RBIs, and he's the next Buster Posey. He's the next Buster Posey. That's what he wow. is. Um, and so, he switch hits. And he switch hits. So I think he's a guy to watch out for. But honestly – it's going to be on the pitching side. Uh, you know, the loss of Felix Batista um, is going to be huge for them because is he gone he, from the team. No, he uh, had to get Tommy John surgery in like October, um, okay. so he missed uh, a little bit of their playoff run. Uh, it happened during the Astros series with them last oh, year. Oh, don't forget though, they gave fifteen million dollars to Craig Kimbrell, so that fixed the that's, like, that's great. Um, no, but the the pitcher for, a year. The, for the, a year. The, the better pitcher that they got in free agency or over oh, the season, crazy. Corbin Burns. Yeah, Corbin Burns. So now they have Corbin Burns on a young roster, young um, pitching staff that includes Grayson Rodriguez, one of the youngest and maybe one of the most pure talent young 22 year olds or 20 year old pitcher I've seen in a long time. I think he's, he's going to be so a stud good. this year. Uh, mm -hmm. I would watch out for the Orioles. Yeah, I love the Orioles as well. Love the Orioles as well. All right, last team in the ALDs, a team. Up north, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, not much I heard from the Blue Jays this offseason. Uh, I know that we signed Whit Merrifield from them. Um, I know that they were very in on Shohei Otani, and at one point it looked like he was like going there. Uh, I think Nightingale or John Heyman tweeted it, but it didn't turn out to be true. But what are you what are your vibes on these uh Toronto Blue Jays? I think they need to sign back Matt Chapman. Um, I, you know, yeah. chat he's still available, obviously. Um, and I think that. The loss of him is going to be really tough on their offense. I still like the Blue Jays. I think they're going to be in this three spot, uh, you know, contending for the second spot in this division rather than mm -hmm. the fourth spot. Um, but I think that, you know, there was all this these rumors about how Tani was on a flight on his way to Toronto. Yeah, he was yeah, already landed. Was he was yep. at dinner with Drake. I, I, who knows? I, there was rumors <laughs> everywhere. There's rumors everywhere. And he didn't get him. And it's such a shame. I would have loved to see him play in uh, yeah. more on the Canadian side would have given me a reason to cross that border. Uh, but you know, I, I think they're good. They have a great infield. Their infield's fantastic. Bo Bichette, Vlad, Vlad Jr. Um, but I will say one thing, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Has a down year this year. It's going to be my hot take. 
So this it is just, my follow up question: Is how far can they can Vlad Jr. take the Blue Jays? I, I I don't think it's going to be very far. I don't Why? think. What's different? Um, They've been edged or let me you know, let me give you a quick story. Quick story. You know, remember Carter right. Hart? Okay, well, maybe it's not the best. <laughs> maybe it's not. All right, okay. that's the podcast. Thank I won't bring his name up. The Flyers once had this great rookie goalie, right? Um, no, he came up around 2018. Was great. Second year in the league, awful, 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 awful. Everyone was like, oh, what happened to the rookie? He was amazing. Teams figured him out. Teams figured out that his glove side is great. Stick side, terrible. So everyone shot to his stick side. Vlad Guerrero Jr., teams are figuring out the same thing. He's the next Ryan Howard-ish player. Teams are figuring out that you can throw the off-speed against him. Uh, he had a down second half of the year last year, and I think that mm -hmm. that's going to carry over to this year. But I still like Bo Bichette. Um, Dalton Varishow is very good on their team as well. They have some decent pitching. Uh, yeah. Hun, uh, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but uh, Ryu, who was there, yep, yep, he yep, just yep, yep. Um, moved back to Asia to play. So he's not going to be on the team anymore. He was a free agent. They didn't bring him back. So I don't know. I think they're a solidified three spot in my mind. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, yeah, I didn't know that about Vlad. That That's very interesting because I feel like he has been hailed as, you know, the next great power hitter next to like Judge and, you know, whoever else you want to throw up on that list. So uh, I, I always thought he was so fun to watch too. So I, I'm, not really, I'm not really rooting for the Blue Jays, but I hope Vlad does well this year. I agree. I, I, I agree against you on this one. It's going to be an exciting division. Um, we'll yeah. see. And we'll do some more breakdowns, you know, kind of just like we did with college basketball leading up to March Madness. We'll do the same thing leading up into the last week of March opening day. Of course we will. And before I let you go, who's your IL East division winner? I'm going to go with the Yankees, unfortunately. And I'm going to give you a more of a hot take. I think the Yankees win the most games and come out as the one seed in the AL. Really? Okay. Yep. Clip it. And I think they chat. I think they they atop the triple digits this year in wins. Wow. It's gonna be amazing when the Yankees don't make the playoffs. Clip this 103. I'm going with 103 for the Yankees. Okay. All right. I love it. I can't we should look at the uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yankees win wow, to let's go back. Let's go back to our graphic, new graphic design artist. We're going to be getting a new rebrand in here. Quickly, Ethan, want to get your take on his new intro. We clipped a little bit of it. It's going right. to be pretty sweet when it comes out I'm next ready. week. But want to show you the end of it, see what you think. Ethan, that's tough it. as nails. It's tough, tough as nails. nails. Tough as nails. We will be having more of that stuff coming. So make sure you're checking the YouTube channel in the next couple of weeks because this is exclusive YouTube uh, content. All right. I got it. Yankees win total is 93 and a half. You're liking the over. I do. I like the over. I think this is year they can stay healthy. Um, I do think Rodon comes back healthier than last year. Uh, yeah. and I think that Stroman pitches well. Garrett Cole's coming back. I mean, this team's going to be nasty in my opinion. All right. Final one. I'm seeing the Dodgers are one of three and you just said the Yankees going to win one of three. So you like the Dodgers at one of three too? Don't know. I'm going to wait until next week to talk about the Dodgers. Let me um, get to the cool. NL West. Stay tuned. Um, they're they're interesting. Give me well, some time. We'll be talking about that win total line next week, so stay tuned. Absolutely. All right, Davis, this podcast is running too long. We got to get out of here. It is a Saturday night. Thank you very much for paying attention to our channels on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. We really, really, really appreciate the support. Thank you to uh, 
you know, anyone who's helped as well, shout out Jason Brockman, shout out Amir. Thank you all. Um, but we will have more content coming from you next week. We'll have some more MLB divisions. We'll be talking more college basketball. Keep your eye on all sports because the Bocce Boys will be here to recap it for you. Thank you, everybody. Have a good weekend. Peace. Thank you.